What is up everybody, Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of The Sheehan Show for Sherdog.com and today it's a special preview as we have EFC, Eagle FC 44 coming up this week and if you're thinking, oh that, that sounds familiar, what's that? Well it's a promotion that is now owned by Habib Nurmagomedov and as we have seen, if anyone has paid attention to MMA for the last few uh, months or weeks, uh, Habib has, has talked an awful lot about it. You know, I, uh, I predicted at the start of last year that Habib would return to MMA, and I would argue that he kind of has returned to MMA with this promotion because there's been a lot of talk about it, and um, it's happened a few times in the past before. You know, um, Nick Diaz had, had a promotion, and others as well. You know, I think Chris Cyborg does a bit of promoting, and... Like you know, lots of other fighters have done it down through the years, but it's you know I don't think anyone has done it in the way maybe Habib has done it in terms of like okay you could, you could look at Ray Sefo and others like that, but it feels like Habib is the head of this, is the guy running it, is the only guy that we know associated with it in the in the public domain anyway, and that's a that's a great thing from Habib is really famous you know arguably top. 10 maybe most famous fighters in the history of MMA and in recent times probably in the top two to three you know McGregor is obviously number one you could argue he's he's maybe two or three with Jones and and Cyborg maybe and a couple of others so he's right up there so it's it's something that has never worked out massively successfully before but it seems like Habib has got off to a very good start in terms of Kevin Lee is is a top level uh, MMA fighter still, you might think he could be a champion in the UFC or, or Bellator or something like that, but I don't think anyone could deny that at his best, he's a top 5 talent, maybe at the moment he's a he's a top 15 talent, so for uh, not necessarily a new promotion but a newly owned promotion or a newly ran promotion, to sign a fighter like that is, is pretty big, and then they have you know, the other fighters like we have on, on today's card uh, that I'm going to talk about, um, and others as well, um, which they have signed and people they're also looking at going forward. And like Habib, uh, who was it? Francis Ngannou, I think he said. Well, if he wants to leave the UFC, we'll, we'll come and sign him. So I don't know if that's talk or not, but it seems like it's not with the way uh, they've been throwing money around. Where that money is coming from and everything like that as well. Maybe that's a, that's a question for someone else to ask. I'm not sure if I do, I tell you. But um, it's, it, it's, it's a big time. Another big thing as well is, as we'll see on this card, um, Habib is kind of privy to some of the best up-and-coming fighters in the world that maybe me or you or others might not know with two or three and all coming out of Russia that, you know, we just, there's so much, if there was someone coming out of the UK or Ireland, I'd probably be able to tell you, all right, but there's just so much going on. Maybe everyone doesn't know, but Habib knows, you know, some of them coming out of his gym or the Eagles gym and others like that, and he has some of them on this card, uh, and it's very, very interesting if that's like a pathway for them to get to the UFC or a pathway for this promotion to rise and become really, really big. So it's, it's very, very uh, interesting to see what Habib is doing and see what this promotion is doing and see if it will be, you know, a long-term thing with Habib at the helm with these big fighters and seeing if their, um, their fights can grow and become big events that we have to pay attention to all the time. Because I feel like this one is even talking to the lads in Sherdog and they were saying, you know, did this one is, is doing pretty well in terms of like the, the page and all. People are coming and visiting looking at this car, card on the website and people care about it. So that's 
that in itself is a tough thing to do. It's a really, really tough thing to do. Ask anyone from any of the websites and they'll tell you to get, you know, traffic to come. That's not, that's maybe not my side of it, but I, I I guarantee you lots of cards, even Bellator cards, World Series of Fighting, or PFL, sorry, cards, 1FC, and even some of the, the, the smaller UFC cards. It's, people don't, you know, people don't care about them that much, but see, people do seem to care about this, and Habib makes them care. So it's interesting to see where this can go uh, in the future so let's get into the card uh, all together uh, and i'll kind of go from the bottom to the top here i'll concentrate mostly on the top couple of fights uh, but on the undercard one of the first couple of fights there is sean bunch um and he's fighting firas uh, kashnov who is six and two sean bunch is, is ten and five you know bunch has been around for a, a while uh, he was over in bellator and when he, when he came through at the start you know a very good wrestler a lot of people thought he was going to be um you know the a, a top guy in this promo in this uh in this sport hasn't worked out for him so well so far but as i said there he's only 15 fights into his career maybe there's still time to turn around and it's an interesting name to have on your promotion you know if if he doesn't turn around he's still a name the kind of people know to be an undercard fighter and if it does turn around and he turns into a really good fighter as people expected once it's a win-win for you so i i think that's a good move uh, to get uh, him in there um stick mudayev and majahin ajadi open up the the show there both one is 10 and 2 one is 10 and 3 um there is demarcus jackson t- 11 and 6 against mike huns uh, hunsinger who is 7 and Owen is a good prospect coming through uh, in the welterweight division. Jorgen de Castro is on this card as well, the heavyweight. He's fighting Sean Asher. Obviously, we, we know uh, Jorgen de Castro from the UFC, and I was a little bit surprised to see he's not in the UFC anymore, to be honest. Uh, he is not the best fighter in the world, but he can hit hard and he can knock you out. And everyone loves a heavyweight fight in an undercard. They absolutely do. Um, and to have him on this, I, I, I think that's a good move as well. He's another name that you know you know i don't know me myself there's so many fights every week i have the terrible memory as well i would remember half of these lads but you're going to cash is a name i remember and um that's a good thing for them to have so that's an interesting name as well for them to have uh under there um uh arman uh us panov who's 11 and 4 against dylan salvador 3 and 1 uh, and in a fight i'm really really interested in uh ramazan kuramagomedov um i was talking to someone who's seen him a few times and they're telling me this guy this guy could be the next the next guy and he's fighting john doomsday howard who has had almost 40 fights been around everywhere and in you know pfl in the ufc he beat carl binder i believe uh back in the day um and he's a really really you know experienced guy he's he's had his run-ins with different things and different people and different promotions and stuff but an experienced guy like that is a serious test or for uh Kota Madagamedov, which i've been practicing that name because i think that's a name you're going to have to remember so that's a very interesting one to keep an eye on uh, another one as well, uh, Raymond Megomedilev, uh, these names, 8-1, he's fought a few times in 1FC, he's taken on Anthony Njokowani, who we, we all know from the UFC, uh, and his brother Chidi obviously fighting in Bellator and other places as well, um, he had 8 fights in the UFC, didn't go great for him, the last one was in 2014, um, he won a fight in December uh, of last year, so only what, th- 2 months ago, uh, but it was his first fight since 2016. So, and he fought it actually at Jorge Masvidal's event. So that's an interesting one. He's kind of coming back and fighting on uh, on these cards. That'll be an interesting fight as well. Um, and, and a good test uh, for uh, Megomedliev. 
I got I nailed it that time. Another interesting name I was interested uh, interesting name I was interested to see. Uh, Lork Ramsabov, um, who fought in PFL. If anyone has watched my PFL previews, I watched uh, a good bit of him. He beat Chris Wade in the tournament. Uh, was it last year? I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah I don't know, but he did beat him in the tournament anyway. Uh, and I was a little bit surprised to see he's on this card because I, I read him. I think he's a good fighter and he's fighting Zach Zane who fights out of uh, Black House. Um, he's wins over Steven Siler. I win over Steven Siler in his last fight and he actually beat Ireland's Decky Dalton as well over in Brave a couple of uh, a couple of fights back. Um, and I remember watching that card at the time and thinking this guy is, is pretty good. So that's a pretty... Uh, that's a pretty high level matchup there. Uh, Zane has, oh, I think, around 15 fights out this edge. I don't, actually don't have it in front of me at the moment, but I think he's around that. Um, and like those last three fights I mentioned there, you you could honestly see those fights in the UFC. Honestly, they, those fights are good enough to be like the a UFC card these days, especially. Those are pretty high level fights, and it's it's actually rare we see undercard fights. With that level of fighter outside of the UFC, especially with the like, we have the the, the set of two up and comers in Kuram Magomedov and Magomedliev, um, who one's nine and zero, one's eight and one, fighting Dooms Howard and Jakawani, two veterans of the sport, and in Rabzabov, who's coming off of a pretty good couple of years in PFL against Zach Zane, who I think is it could be a good up and comer as well. So, very very interesting fights there on on the undercard, and I um, you know, I I came into this card and maybe wasn't expecting that, but it's really good you, you can't complain about it. if there were rubbish if there was loads of jobbers on this card i would i would probably complain about it a lot but there there absolutely aren't then we get to the top three fights ray borg former you know top rated ufc flyweight he's fighting a bantamweight now uh he's one and all since his time in in the ufc uh he's fighting cody gibson who's six and one since leaving the ufc he beat john dodson last time that's another you, you can't sniff at that lads that's another high level fight there um you know, we we know what both of these lads are like. Two well-rounded guys. Cody Gibson, you know, he's the type of guy I think that might struggle a little bit with, like, the speed of Ray Borg if he can keep it going. But it could be, I, I haven't, I don't know the heights of, of Cody Gibson, but I would favor him to maybe be a little bit stronger than Ray Borg. And, you know, Borg likes to throw in a takedown the odd time as well. If, if Gibson can stop that, maybe get on top himself, maybe land a, a few shots of ground upon it as well. It could be Gibson's fight, but this is a, this is a massive fight, I think, because if you're Ray Borg, you know he had a torrid time in the UFC, an absolutely torrid time. If you beat a guy like Cody Gibson, who is six and one, as I mentioned, just beat John Dodson last time, you could be on the fast road back to the UFC because the UFC need flyweights, you know, they need bantamweights as well. They'd be happy enough to take him back if he can get it on track. He fought only a couple of months ago as well. Let's say he gets. You know, five fights in the space of a year. That's the type of thing that Ray Borg needs. Because before, you know, he had awful problems. Obviously, his his um, his child was very sick at times. But he had injuries. And everything that could have gone wrong for Ray Borg went wrong. And you'd love to see him getting a break, you know. And maybe, like, sometimes you see a fighter. And you think, they need an, a year out of the UFC to build their way back. To get back to the UFC. And it might serve them well. Because sometimes in, in the UFC, or even in Bellator, maybe, maybe not as much in Bellator... But it's hard to get fights all the time, you know. Eagle FC, if Ray Borg wanted to fight in every card, I'm sure they get him a fight in every card they have, you know. It's one of those ones. Where, whereas the UFC have too many fighters. They have too many people they want to get on cards. And for a guy like Ray Borg, who, you know, is maybe getting injured a week before a fight, it's it's a very, very tough situation for uh, for him. So uh, if, you could, if you could get a break here, if you could get the win, if you could get 
a few more fights under his belt, you know, before uh, uh, in in the next year, we're at the start of this year. Uh, I think it'll be absolutely massive for uh, for Ray Borg. So I'm looking forward uh, to uh, to that fight here. Um, right, let's look at the uh, the top two fights and look the top two fights. It's it's difficult to know what to say about these fights because, <laughs> like, we have at least three. You could argue four, even lads who are pretty long in the tooth here. Um, Rashad Evans is fighting in the co-main event. He last fought in 2018 after five losses in a row uh he's fighting gabriel checo um if you look through his record his most notable fights he kind of lost the molly lost the heinish right collier uh he beat angel danda who is uh, <laughs> funny i was watching some of uh spong's fights which we'll get to in a second he fought him as well um he's the o- checo is the only guy listed on his gym and sherdog now you could take from that what you will but um if watching him he's so slow on his feet i was watching one fight where pat minitich was the uh the announcer and he described him as a swatter and i think that is um <laughs> that's very appropriate good on the ground though you know a very good top game vicious ground and pound really really good ground and pound um so if he can get on top of rashad evans and get him down that would be uh that'd be big for him but that's going to be tough you know rashad started off obviously as a wrestler a very very good wrestler so getting him to the ground is not going to be no easy feat uh by any means now having gone back and watched some of rashad's latest fights from you know 2018 back he didn't look necessarily slow but it felt like he was fighting at a rhythm which was a rhythm from seven or eight years ago not like two or three years ago, if you get me. He was throwing a lot less shots than you need in an MMA fight these days. Just really waiting on it. When he did go up to two, or when he did go down to 185 as well, it was a bit of a struggle for him. Uh, with speed especially, you know, obviously getting on in years. This is back at 205 pounds now. Um, look, I... Th- <sighs> watching this it's it's hard to know what rashad evans we're going to see because obviously we know rashad from back in the day he was one of the best fighters in the world you know he was absolutely brilliant he was the best fighter in the world at one stage and then he went to like you know everyone kind of thinking oh come on rashad you need to kind of retire and even himself he said look i'm one step out i'm i'm one foot out the door and he came back and then he went away again and now he's back again so look does he have a new motivation? Did he need to maybe get over injuries? Did he need to get out of a headspace and now he's he's good again? He's not the oldest in the world. Like he's, he's still pretty old and everything like that. But I didn't think he looked necessarily physically shot in his last fight. I thought he looked more mentally. Uh, and, and not necessarily just the last fight, but the last few fights. He looked more mentally kind of out of it than anything. If that can be turned around, I could see Rashad fighting well, but I think that's probably a hard, maybe not necessarily harder than physically, but that's a hard thing to turn around to, the mentality. Um, I just think Checo is so bad, though. <laughs> I'll have my picks later in the week. I'll do. I'll have some of these if there's odds up for them on the betting show. So I won't necessarily give you my picks now, but I'd be interested to think what people think of this fight. Look, I think Rashad, if he throws... If he throws enough shots, if he throws a jab down through the middle and he throws a one-two, I think he can catch Checo. He's a very much a swatter. He's not a great technician. He hits hard. He's a tough, tough guy. Don't get me wrong, but I just think if Rashad keeps this on the feed, I could see it being, you know, a three-round decision or something like that. Uh, Checo's going to be tough to knock out. He can he can take shots, but yeah, I, I, 
I would favour Rashad, but if Checo gets a takedown, I think he'll probably finish him, maybe. You know, it's one of those, so... Um, but Rashad is good on the ground as well, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, look, it's an interesting fight. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Would I want Rashad Evans to come back and fight in MMA again? No, absolutely not. But if he is coming back, I think this is good matchmaking. It's He's not a scrub. He's not useless, the guy he's fighting, but he's not great either. So, it's it, look, it's an interesting fight. It's funny because it's the top two fights are kind of... Those sort of fights, which I described, they're kind of odd fights with old lads maybe coming back uh, that haven't fought in a while, which promotions try to do and never really works out. But then we have good up-and-comers on the undercard and guys who are maybe, you know, Ray Borg, Cody Gibson, and others close enough to their prime. So it's, it's interesting to see the top of the card is is the opposite to maybe the, the, uh, the up-and-comers on the card, which, you know, if the names on the top of the card can get... Um, a bit of name on the names on the undercard, maybe, maybe it's a wise thing to do. Uh, let's talk about the main event. So we have Tyron Spong against uh, Sergei Haritanov. Um, Haritanov beat Maldonado back in November. He beat Matt Mitrion in 2019. He's been over Arlovsky, over in Verdum. Uh, Tyron Spong is 2-0 in MMA. He hasn't fought since 2013-ish, I think. Obviously a decorated uh, kickboxer. Um has done pretty well in boxing as well over the last couple of years. He was supposed to fight Alexander Usyk, I think, even at one stage. So that'll tell you how well he has done. Um, but MMA is a very different thing. Now, having said that, I went and I watched a few Haritanov fights. Um, and I went looking for Haritanov wrestling. And I, I asked you, I asked a friend of mine, like, and I watched five or six fights, and I forwarded through fights, and I was like, "Where can I find Harithana wrestling?" And I couldn't. And I, I asked someone, "Do you remember Harithana wrestling?" And they sent me the Rico Verhoeven fight from Pride in two thousand and four. So um, that's interesting, you know. He and he, uh, sorry, no, the Semi Shield fight. I watched the Rico Verhoeven fight as well. He fought him in kickboxing, and he actually did pretty well. So that's the opposite side of it. I said. The semi shield fight, obviously, it's very different. It's a, like twenty years ago and early as well. So, but he can look. He can wrestle. He can body lock people, take them down. Uh, he can also kickbox with people. Like Haritanov is a good matchup for Spong in terms of a fight you want at the top of the card because I think he will kickbox with him. Now, should he? No. Should he go in and take him down? Absolutely. Like Spong is a, a decorated kickboxer, as I mentioned. Everyone knows he's been around for years and years and years. A guy who was really closely connected to MMA maybe five or six years ago, and then for someone like me who only really pays attention to MMA, he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Um, but at the time, he was he was a top prospect. Uh, I went back and watched these two fights, and he fought an insane pace, the leg kicks, the, just brutal pace. He fought that guy as well, the end that air, a bit, a bit of a jobber, not, not going to lie, but not not a, not a complete jobber either. He's a, a relatively okay fighter, and he just wrecked the two lads he fought. Um, but that was nine years ago. It's, it's it's insane to think that we've been watching these fights for, for nine years and even longer. But um, it is, it's a fight I find hard to actually recommend. Look, you're fighting um, a kickboxer who hasn't fought in nine years in MMA, right? And you're a decorated heavyweight MMA fighter. You should really be able to go in there, even if you are 41 years of age or whatever you are, you should really be able to go in there, take him down, and and win that fight. But I just feel like he is going to stand with him and give Spong a chance. Now, if Spong takes that chance immediately and knock him out, if he doesn't, 
Harry Thonner will surely go for a takedown then and uh, uh, and attempt to win the fight there. But I, look, I think it's an interesting fight. I think it's it's a pretty good fight to be honest. It's a weird one, absolutely. A guy who's two and zero against a guy with that like twenty years of experience in MMA, definitely. But I do think it will be a kickboxing match, and uh, that will make it uh, that'll make it pretty exciting. So, yeah, overall, it's a card I'm intrigued by. It's a, like it's not. It's not the most uh, meritocracy-based card in the world at the very top, but underneath it, it is. It's it's really good. Some ta- Look, whatever you like, they have it here. Do you like prospects coming through and watching it? They have that. Do you like guys who are like really good and towards the top of their game? You have some of that. You know, not a lot of that. Don't get me wrong. Do you like names? We have that. Do you like? Uh, kickboxers coming over to MMA, we have that. Do you like weird fights? We have that. So, we have, you know, Habib's card has it all here. And it has something for everyone. And, um, you know, I'm not going to complain about it, to be honest. I don't think it's 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 a bad card at all. So, I'm looking forward to tuning in next week. I'm not sure, actually, over here in Ireland where you can watch it. Uh, the details are up and stuff on Sherdog where you can watch it in America. I, I better find out about Ireland. But uh, if I can, I would be tuning in and watching it. And uh, I think I'll, I'll enjoy it too, so uh right i'll leave it at that thank you very much hope you enjoyed it if you did give it a thum- thumbs up subscribe check out uh, the rest of shardog.com as well and all the other sheehan shows my name is sean sheehan for shardog.com and i'll see you all next time